direct from the web, it's Billy Masters Live. And now, please welcome your host, Billy Masters. Oh my God. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Billy Masters Live. Today, I am Billy Masters, in case you didn't know. It says so right down there. There it is. Um, today is, for those of you who don't know, Thursday, October 29th, 2020, two days before Halloween. Happy Halloween, everyone. Um, uh, and how many days before the election, before the world comes to an end? I don't know. I don't have my abacus nearby. Like five days, but we're not going to know anything for a year and a half. Uh, everybody, get out and vote in case you don't know. I voted. Do you see? I voted. I got my sticker and everything. Um, vote early. Vote often. Um, so if you haven't voted, please make sure you get out and vote. Oh, I see all my guests are backstage. I'm waving to you all. I see you. Yep. Uh, <laughs> we have a silly little show of our own back here. Um, okay. As I said, today is Thursday, October 29th, 2020. This is show. Oh, my God. This is our 62nd show since the quarantine began. And uh, I'm in Boston, and it is freezing. So. Um, and by freezing, I mean, you know, 50 degrees. But, you know, that's cold for me. I'm getting old. Um, I always like to start with a little anecdote. And I typically would have done this after uh, my first guest. But I want to mention two things. First off, as I mentioned, next Tuesday is Election Day. Being Election Day, I have decided, I've made the executive decision not to book a guest because I think that there's more important things involved than sitting here and watching my show. Although, frankly, I can't think of anything I'd rather do. So I am still going to be here. I will be answering questions. I'll be sharing stories with you. I may show some clips of some of my favorite shows over the past few months. I don't know exactly what I'm going to do, but I'm going to be here. So tune in on Tuesday. And the reason I decided to not to do a show, I was on the fence. Then I read that CNN is going to have live coverage, live election coverage starting at 4 p.m. Eastern. And I thought to myself, it's a sign. They obviously don't want to interact with Billy Masters live, the magic that is Billy Masters. So I'm going to be the lead-in for Anderson Cooper, as it should be. Anyway, um, and then on Thursday, there is going to be a benefit reading of uh, Brian Belichick's play, Boys Don't Wear Lipstick. It's directed by Everett Quinton. One of the stars will be uh, a friend of mine, uh, Johnny Beauchamp. And so we're going to have Johnny and Brian and Everett here next Thursday. And then maybe the following week, we will have Ed Asner. We're pre-taping it this time, and we're rolling it in. Um, anyway, uh, before I get to my first guest, uh, just an anecdote. Uh, what is that? Oh, okay. That's great. Good to see you, too. My, one of my guests have already left. So there is a series of benefit performances that they're doing online called ladies from the West side or something. And it's Broadway people doing concerts and it's benefiting lots of regional theaters around the country. 
And first up last week was Patty Lupone. Next up in, I think, two weeks is Laura Benanti. And then two weeks after that is going to be Vanessa Williams. Don't hold me to these dates. Anyway, Patty Lupone's pianist, uh, uh, who I've seen her with many times, but I have never met him, is named Joe Falcon, Joseph Falcon. And here's a picture of him. Yeah. Um, and there they are bowing together, not necessarily six feet apart, but look, it's not my problem. I'm not telling Patty what to do. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, Joe Falcon's really handsome and he's very talented. And I wonder, like I could just call John McDaniel or Mark uh, Shaman or Mark Sandroff or any of my friends and see what I can find out about this Joe Falcon, who I'm assuming is gay and just curious if he's single or not. Well, you put in Joe Falcon and here's the picture you get. Now, I don't know how old Joe Falcon is, and I don't know if that's Patty Lupone. No, it's actually somebody named Joe Falcon and Cleomena or Cleoma, Cleoma. And they were bluegrass swamp music people, Dixieland, New Orleansy jazz kind of people. So that's not Patty Lupone, but she could play Clemena in a movie if anyone asked her. Anyway. So anyway, check out ladies from the, or concerts from the West side or ladies from the West side, whatever, because it's um, benefiting regional theater. So I told my first guest that I'd get him out of here well before 1230. And um, I wanted to get an update on what's happening um, in Los Angeles, specifically West Hollywood, because that is one of my many homes. And who else to check with than a city councilor, former mayor of the city, and up for re-election right now, the Honorable John Duran. Hey, hey honey. Billy. Hi, Billy. How are you? Now that's, stop futzing. You look fine. I'm sorry. I don't mean to futz. Okay. I mean, there we go. Now, now we're done. First no. of all, congratulations no. on 64 episodes of your show. That's Can you imagine? It's amazing. Congrats. Oh, well, you know, I thought we were going to be here for just a couple weeks in quarantine. Had I known it was going to last seven months or another <laughs> year, I might have only done one a week. Yeah. But I'm still here. So, um, but that's the thing. So now I thought I would be back in West Hollywood by now. That you're hasn't welcome. happened. You're welcome to come back. It's 82 degrees in Los oh, Angeles today. Yeah, well, I would be there for that. But how are how are cases going now? Because I know that things have gone up and down. There was the few days last week where they didn't report. So all then the, it was a perceived spike, but it wasn't really a spike. But there yeah. were more hospitalizations than ever. So what is going on? Well, you know, overall, California is doing pretty good. Yeah, I mean, we are the most populous state in the nation. We got 40 million people in one place in California. But even at, despite that, we're holding our numbers pretty steady. San Francisco is actually in the least restrictive category now. They're fully reopened with really? some precautions. Yeah. San Francisco. And that's a dense city. Yeah. San Francisco's doing great. Los Angeles. Okay. We're the most populous county in the USA. You know, we got 10 million people in one county. It's a lot of people. and But so we're spread out, too. Longer. We have a lot of space. That is true. We got lots of miles, lots of miles between one city and the next. So, I, I mean, overall, our numbers are holding. We're at about 7,000 deaths in L.A. County. You know, it's not great. But for 10 million people, it's it could be far worse. Uh, what oh, we're, yeah. not, we're not experiencing right now in L.A. or all of California are the spikes that are happening in all the red states and all the places where Donald Trump is holding rallies, 
you know, in all the places where they're not masking up, they're not doing social distancing, they're trying to prove who's the tough guy by not wearing a yeah. mask, and they're super spreading coronavirus in all those places. So hopefully the election will be the beginning of the end of this national nightmare of Donald Trump, and we can get back to using science and math and data and get ourselves out of the epidemic so we can get business back reopened again. How has early uh, voting been in California, particularly in West Hollywood? Very, very high. We Right now, here in West Hollywood, we are at about 40% ballots returned. Now, wow. I have to explain to you what, what that means compared to past elections. So I'm on the ballot on uh, November yes, 3rd. You are. Usually in West Hollywood, we get 18% voter turnout. One-eighth. Total. Yeah. So low. And primarily because people are mostly happy. You know, the gay people love their right. city. They love their clubs. But right now we're at 40%. So we're at twice our normal turnout. And, and this is before, a week before the election. Yeah. yeah. So it's probably going to go over 50% voter turnout in West Hollywood. Maybe, hopefully, even higher. Probably our largest voter turnout ever in West Hollywood. And I think it has nothing to do with people being excited about me. I think it has to do I'm with excited. them being passionately opposed to Donald Trump and his policies. Yeah. Now let's talk about the local election. And one of the things I talked to Gloria Allred about last week was that local elections, you can poo-poo them and you can say it doesn't affect me. But one of the things that really does affect you are judgeships. And that um, do we, we do have judges on the ballot this year. Yeah, we do. And judges are always really tough to vote for because by their very design, they're not allowed to really go out and campaign and tell you how they would vote on any issue. Right. Because and if you research, you'll it. find nothing. Yeah, I would suggest a bias. So I, fortunately, in the judgeships that are happening right now in LA County, I actually know the three people I've endorsed who are up to take the bench. You know, they're all really good, solid uh, judges. They will be great judges. And uh, most of the time, people skip the judges' races because they never know exactly. who to vote for. Right. Yeah. But this time we actually have some really qualified people that I think would be great sitting on the bench here in LA. Do that. Well, what, what levels are we looking at in terms of judgeships and how does that affect a local resident? Well, you know, I, I think judges can affect, uh, I'll look historically here in Southern California, you know, a lot of our battles with act up out in the streets, protesting with the needle exchange, people passing out needles to prevent the spread of HIV with medicinal marijuana, a lot of those cases were decided at the trial level with the judges right. sit on the bench. So those men and women who sit there in those black robes, they make the calls. It's not the Supreme Court of the United States. Oh, wait a minute. Didn't pay the bill. Hold on. That's all right. I still have you in a lovely silhouette. Yeah. No, that's what happens in my environmentally sound office. If I don't move for like there you go. minutes, the lights shut out. Yeah. Oh, could you stop being so responsible, please? <laughs> so anyway, these judges are really important to deciding a lot of the issues that end up in a court. Rarely do they go up on appeal to a higher court. And I should say, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I am a big believer in judges um, ruling on these things versus being propositions and given to a public vote, because I think that good judges can make sound decisions and it doesn't need to affect, you know, people would vote. For, there are a lot of people who would vote for slavery if they could. I right. don't want those people voting. I yeah. want somebody who I trust making that decision. 
Well, yeah. Well, in that, in that instance that you just proposed, fortunately, there's the U.S. Constitution <laughs> with the constitutional amendments about the abolishment of slavery and equality. And I think people, and I think people should know just, you know, using that example, which I wasn't planning on using, but you know me, things pop in my head, is that before slavery was abolished, it was actually written into law legalizing it. So sometimes things need to get worse before they get better. And I, mean, I would in our experience as LGBT people completely. Uh, I mean, you know, we went have, through this with Proposition 10. Was it Prop oh. 10? Prop, no, it was actually Prop 8. eight. Prop eight. 8. Before that, there were the, all the AIDS initiatives. And before that, right. it was Prop 6 in 1978, which would have prohibited LGBT people from being school teachers in California schools. Oh, wow. That yeah. was before my time. I missed that one. Yeah, yeah. But we, have, I mean, we had to get rid of the sodomy laws first. None of this was possible while we were criminalized for our sexuality. And that didn't happen in California until 1975. Wow, uh, homosexuality was decriminalized. So we had to get those laws off the books to even start the pathway down the course for equality. Yeah, I think what people do have to realize, and I was one of the people as a host of L.A. Pride back in the day during the year when Prop 8 was on the ballot. I was one of those people who stood on the stage. I'm supposed to tell you to vote. Don't bother. It'll never pass. And, you're, you know, you're I responsible. No, you're I, because I. I will say I used to have more faith in the American people. I I believed that people would do what was right. And what I've learned is, is that either A, people aren't as invested, and I'm one of those people, or there are people who secretly have feelings that you don't know about, but when they get into the ballot, they're going to vote what they want. This It's just like this year, people are saying it's going to be this big landslide for Biden. I think there's a lot of people voting for Trump who just aren't admitting it. Yeah, I, I think so, too. There's some differences, though, in 2020 compared to 2016. Yep. In 2016, Hillary Clinton was very disliked. People yep. really hated Hillary Clinton. They don't hate Joe Biden. Joe Biden is no. like everybody's grandpa or good Uncle Joe. People yeah. don't I will say, and I've future. said this before, and I will say it again, is that no, Joe Biden has never excited anybody. I don't think anyone has said, oh, my God, it's Joe Biden and lost their mind. But he's also never, people don't hate him. So yeah. I think at this point, having somebody there and like, oh, we like him. I think that's enough. You know, it's nice if you can be excited about who you're voting for, but sometimes you have to be excited about who you're voting against. Yeah. Well, I mean, for Barack Obama, you know, I was excited. Barack Obama inspired yeah. me. I love well, for Barack Obama. But when Barack Obama got elected in 2008, that's the same year Prop 8 passed. And, right. and you're right. At the same time people were electing the first black president of the USA, they were passing Proposition 8 in California to take away our right to marriage equality. So right. you, you never can tell. And, and it was really tough because I remember I was on the campaign team for Prop 8 back then and we were looking at the internal polls and we we're like, we're gonna lose this. We are too close, too tight. And, and we started to send the alarms out. You know, Ellen DeGeneres and we called upon, you know, allies in the media and everybody was like, ah, it's never gonna pass. They were like me, yeah. Never gonna pass. And then it passed. And what happened two nights later? 10,000 people protesting on West Hollywood. 
It's like, well, where the hell were you all when we had it on the ballot last week? Oh. Well, I think I think that's true. And I think that's what we have to remember. And I'm glad to hear about this early voting because I really think that people are taking it seriously. And perhaps there is our silver lining for the pandemic. You have nothing better to do. You're all sitting home. Well, a lot of people are working, but yeah. get well, out and vote. And we actually in West Hollywood, polling places open tomorrow. So people oh, really? Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. You don't have to wait till the, you know, leave it to the Queens to wait till the absolute last day, right? Oh, yeah. That We've got nice. four polling places open in West Hollywood. Start voting tomorrow. Don't wait in a long line on Tuesday. Just get it done. Just get it done. Right? And what do you tell people who are wondering about when we will actually know anything? Well, I here's what I have to say about that. Uh, Florida counts ballots early, right? right? So Florida is going to already start counting those ballots that they've received in the mail and absentee. So by nine o'clock Pacific time, Florida may have their final election results done. If Florida goes for Biden, and right now Biden is up four points in Florida, without right. Florida, Which isn't a lot. Without Florida, Donald Trump has no pathway to victory. So if Florida goes blue, if Florida votes Biden over Trump, it's pretty much over. It's pretty much over. And then we can get all the other votes. And my hope and my dream is that it is a wipeout landslide, that Biden takes Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all the Rust Belt, picks up Georgia, which looks like it's in play. And they're in a dead heat in Texas right now. Of all I places. know. I mean, yeah. who would have thought Texas is now a purple state? It's Not, none of us. It's amazing. But if Biden picks up all that Midwest and Florida and Texas, it will be a landslide of historic proportions. And that's what we have to do to wipe out fascism Trump style. What do you think about if we do get a vaccine in terms of, say, West Hollywood, how would it be deployed? Well, I here's to the, use the word deploy. but No, deploy is a, the perfect word. Because yeah. it's going to take that sort of effort, like an army, like a military well. operation. You ha We'd have to get vaccines to over 300 million Americans. Yeah. That is unbelievable. And half the people in the country don't believe it's true, aren't going to yeah. trust the vaccine, aren't going to yeah. want the anti-vaxxers. So it's going to require a Herculean effort to get all of America vaccinated. It's going to take a military operation to get it done. So... Hopefully it happens in 2021. I don't think we can keep doing this for years on end. Too much human carnage, too much loss of life, too much <laughs> economic loss, all of that. But if we get the vaccine approved in the spring of 2021, then it hopefully the Biden administration using the governors starts to use the National Guard to get the vaccine out. I mean, God, I hope so. Although I have to say, I, you know, I'm sorry to say I'm one of the people who would wait because I want to see what happens with this vaccine. I would not be the first one to get it. Yeah, no, I understand. I mean, there are people in clinical trials now, currently yeah. in trials. We've had a couple of deaths. We know that too. So, yeah. uh, you know, vaccines are tricky things. They're either live yeah. viruses or dead viruses in order for your body to produce the antibodies to uh, uh, avoid infection. It's dangerous stuff working with vaccines. So yeah, I will say that even though the flu vi the flu virus uh, flu vaccine, vaccine is now death a uh, dead vaccine, right. I still don't get the flu shot. Oh, really? You should get it. I got it. I know. I got it. Because I'm 150 yeah. years old. But what I should get is the shingle shot, because yeah. I am over 50. And if and you had they chicken pox, if you had chicken pox as a kid, you I did. Not, 
And you still got that virus in you. It's just waiting to come back. <laughs> and you don't want to go through shingles. So as much as I don't like a shot, I think I will get that one, definitely. Yeah. No, it's really important. You know what? HIV positive people often have to think, do I get the shot? Do I not get the shot? Do I get the flu <sighs> vaccine? Do I not? The, the jury is back. Get the flu shot. Get the flu right. shot. Because I actually think we're going to have a record year in terms of low flu infection because so many people are now. We're home. We're wearing masks. Staying apart. I mean, we should be. Right? To prevent the spread of COVID. But I think they also end up preventing the spread of the flu. You know, it's fun. They, I read a study that said that certain Asian countries where they always wear masks in public yeah. have a much lower flu transmission rate than we yeah. do because that is part of their everyday life. I don't yeah. think it's going to become part of our lives. I think once this is over, people will forget and take it off. O'Gill is disagreeing with me, I think. Yeah, no. But we, he will tell me, I'm sure. You, we'll no, find I out what they do in right. France. Look at Japan. Japan is now down to zero. COVID. I know. No, it's shocking. Zero. Zero. Shocking. And talk about dead cities. Those cities yeah. are doing for I know. Yeah, but they did the Do right thing. Yeah. Well, I know. Well, but as we're going to talk to Gilles about, uh, Europe has done the right thing at times. And I have friends in Italy and France and all over Europe, and they're going through bad times again. And I, I think we have to all just sort of be patient. I mean, I'm not a patient person. You know me. I know. And, but you uh, know what? Yes, this is a good warm up. There are other viruses probably out there on the planet. Oh, this is this is not an isolated yeah. incident. So we yeah. need to get used to this reality. We saw SARS, we saw Ebola. Now we're dealing with COVID. There's a good chance there's something far more deadly down the path. We better well get used to masking up, creating vaccines, contact tracing, quarantine, all the usual public health methods. And reacting quickly, and I want to say before I let you go, I want to thank you um, because West Hollywood really did react quickly. Uh, you know, they they at least passed the law that you had to wear masks in public, which a lot of cities didn't do. Right. Um, and they really shut down things. You know, there was that little incident where they opened things, I think, a little too early, and then they shut them right back down. Yeah. And the other thing that we did right away early on was pay rent for our tenants. You know, people did not have the ability to pay rent. We and mortgages. And mortgage-controlled apartment. Well, the city has now given out over a million dollars in rent rent payments mm -hmm. to landlords to keep our tenants in place so people don't get evicted. Uh, that's I, I gotta, I, Yeah, a small town of 36,000 people to give out a million dollars in rent. That's pretty good. And the state worked with the uh, three top creditors in the country um, to put a moratorium on mortgage issues. Yeah, it's helping out some, but I mean, this is not sustainable long-term, right? No, obviously yeah. not. Right now, people are paying 25% of their rent in their residences, which is, you know, something. We still have a moratorium on commercial rents. We're trying to keep all our gay bars and gay businesses in place. What, uh, three, three bars in West Hollywood already? Four? Uh, we, we've lost, yeah, we've lost the gym bar, but I think they're relocating somewhere in West yeah. Hollywood. And we Gold Coast, which was so old and gone. Yeah, uh, but I, I, saddles I, and rage. I, already, I already know of a new bar opening up, a new gay bar where the old Gold Coast was. And it uh, looks like a new gay bar restaurant where the old Flaming Saddles was. So secretly, we're working with the property owners behind the scenes to say, look, oh, the Boys Town identity, that branding is really important to our city's economy and life and to our people who live here. So we're working to make sure that wherever we're losing gay bars and businesses, we're reopening new ones 
and this is going to be the the way we have to do it for at least a couple of years till we get our hands on on, on COVID. Sean, thank you for everything you do for West Hollywood. Thank you for everything you do for me personally, because we've been friends for decades. Shh. <laughs> Don't tell them. <laughs> thank you. I know you've got an appointment to go to. Uh, good luck on the election next week. You and I will talk, obviously. All right. I miss because I remember uh, hosting one of your re-election parties. Oh, you celebrate. did? I think you and Mama might even have done it, yeah. which was fantastic. Yeah, All right. Well, I, thank you for Tell Giles, I think he is freaking <laughs> gorgeous. I think he's gorgeous. All right. I'll bring him in just so you can tell him yourself. Thank you're you. freaking gorgeous. <laughs> there, that was a mayor who said that. Oh, yeah, I'm, uh, I love what you've been saying, man. Um, oh, thank you so you much. Make, you make a lot of sense because you understand how this machine works. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's one thing that I have to say quickly before I say yes. hi to everybody. Is my doctor uh, uh, actually had the vaccine a bit ago, and the trial that he's part of, everyone is uh, reacting really well to it, and they all oh, created antibodies after less than a week. That's fantastic. So I asked her, "Can I please have it?" I saw it was a, a clinical trial. Uh, I think the stage three, so we were mm -hmm. in close, and uh, I think it was fifty thousand people in the area of Los Angeles that got this trial vaccine and it was more geared toward minorities. So I was saying, can you hear my accent? Can I get it? <laughs> <laughs> I can't? No, not for you for now, but uh, I'm pretty sure this is going to come faster than we think. And I'm, I like you. So. I'm not worried about vaccines because that is, I believe, dangerous to feel that a vaccine could be manipulated or hurt right. you. Well, that's this true. is a conspiracy BS that needs to stop. Yeah. Conspiracy right. are dangerous. Yeah, you want right. to know something, you need to trust your representative. Otherwise, yeah. what is the reason of voting? Let's just be in crazy anarchy. We need to understand that if something comes out, uh, it will, of course, save way more people than hurt any. Uh, right. or very few. Uh, I can't wait to have the vaccine. I want to go back to work, guys. I'm just like, enough. Yeah, <laughs> we all do. I trust Anthony I Fauci. When Dr. Fauci says it's okay, it's okay. Let's go. Yeah, right. they, they, and they, uh, speaking of our... Career. And th speaking of our representatives, thank you, John Duran, for all you do for West Hollywood. We will talk to you soon. All right. Bye, John. Bye, Giles. Bye. Bye, man. Bye-bye. Gilles, how are you? That, Woo! you know, I know. Yeah, I jumped this right is, in. Thank you for having me, man. I appreciate it. Oh. And Billy, so it's been first, a while. <laughs> it has been it has been a while. Um, I have to tell people I would have done an intro before I even brought you on, but I saw you were like giving me signals and I said, Oh, let's just get him in. Um, I'm I've met Gilles a few times at events, and the first thing I have to say about you is you have the coolest wife. Oh yeah, she's she's dope. I mean, she's, uh, I, the first time a, I met a, him, very, she's very different, just because of culturally speaking. Um, yes, she sees she sees um, uh, she understands the diversity and part of this and part of that. She she sees everyone as one since I can remember her. Uh, she always uh, bring a lot of uh, hope, uh, kindness to me, and and. And the patience is maybe one of the most incredible patients person I ever met in my life. She's very, uh, she's a treasure. I am, um, I really lucked out. I, um, I've met you, I've met her several times and she's somebody who, when people come up to you, she realizes this is part of the job and yeah. she will stand there so patiently. She took 
this photo of the two of us together. Ooh. She Look said at to us. I know it's like we're on a date. I know. Um, she said to me, Oh, do you want a photo? And she took my phone and took this photo. So I want to thank Carol. She's great. Um we just left the market with our friend Ramila. So oh she well, have, first she would have you have, she would have, said, you, have you have a great looking family. Look at this family. Oh my god, the three times the size now. I know, I know. But and your son is going to be a mini Gilles. You know, he is. He, you know, I gave him my father's name. Yes, my father passed. George, forty-four. He was. Uh, he was my age. So. Wow! Uh, super, really? Yeah, I know. Think about it. That's just yeah. crazy for me. That I, the next, this year and next year are the year of like, oh my God, my father was my age. So I'm gonna try to be careful. But um, I am looking at a man. I'm looking at a man now. Sometimes he catches me that I'm in bed or in my, my bedroom and. I hear a man's voice. I'm like, the hell is home? <laughs> we grew, they grew up too fast. Uh, I try to enjoy every moment of their childhood, whatever the age they were. And now I have a 14-year-old in my hand. That little yeah. girl next door is in high school. Yeah. So my son is 21, going 22, uh, mentally 59. But... <laughs> And um, um, he seems to really enjoy the uh, publicity. And um, I think you have a little star on your hands. I found this picture. Like, the girls love your son. I don't know. Yeah, that was that was really funny. That was a very funny day. Yeah, he has this uh, charisma and charm, yet never used. Uh, we really were specific when it comes down to looks. Looks were, in our family, never something that you need to be... Uh, um, by any means cocky about because colors and taste is different for everyone. So mm -hmm. my mom always said like, this is 10%. He opens mm -hmm. the door only. You get in, you're an ass. The door closed back on your face. So be thankful to look what society thinks is good looking and, mm -hmm. then, and, and let the door open with a lot of, uh, of love and, and kindness and then work hard. And then if you do this, you're fine. So we uh, really put that in the mind of our kids. So they have somehow, sometimes, a lot of, when it comes down to love, weird insecurity, not understanding why this person, we like them in, at, at first sight, because we took away so much the fact that looks are meaningless, right. that they don't realize they have kind of a look. <laughs> and that is why usually um, young women, or, or in this case, my daughter now, young man, young Yes, boy, hello. They're like, what's up? I heard that this morning. They say, oh, we'd love to come and ch and hang out with Juliana. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> and I mean, again, another good-looking daughter, too. I mean, Oh, uh, she's know. stunning. She's the real artist of the family. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, sings, uh, dance. She uh, acts so beautifully. She has this ability of really listening. <laughs> and that is a, a trade where uh, most actors, uh, um, not most actors, but a lot of actors don't have this ability of being able oh, to yeah. the moment and listen to what's happening, digesting, thinking, and then talking. So she makes the lines her own, and it's really lovely and natural. I never see her act. I always see her being real. And I feel like she has a beautiful uh, career ahead of her. She wants to do that. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you more about it right now than to her ever. I <laughs> right. I don't, I don't speak or push my kids anywhere. My son is more in the law. 
He'll, oh, he'll, is that what he wants to do? Yeah, he wants to go FBI. So that All is right. yeah, it's very the FBI needs it right now more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> because they've been discredited uh, big time and he's been oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um this Federal Bureau of Investigation is being put to the ground. I don't even think people in general that you come from the left or the right have this profound respect for them anymore. And I think it's wrong. It's important that we believe and trust our representative. So if they don't do what we tell them to do, they need to go. And that should yeah. be it. Well, I think we're in a time now where people have to be held accountable, no matter what their job is. My God. You know, there's That's too much at stake. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I want to go back to you because you, you know, it's funny. You just said that, you know, your looks can get you in the door, but it's not the whole thing because you didn't become a big success till your thirties. If yeah. it was just looks, you would have been a success much earlier. You yeah, worked also, hard. Um, you know, Billy, I also came to America when I wasn't speaking English. Uh, well, that's where, true where where I, I need to make hands meet every second of my life, where I had a child fairly young. I think I believe I was 21 or 22 years old. Um, learning the language, learning the ropes, learning the culture, respecting everybody, learning how to become fully American and, 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 and give incredible and much more than American themselves respect to this country. Because at the end of the day, you know, you always say, I don't care what people say. They don't put food on my table. To me, every day, America was putting food on my table. Right. So I have to bring a very specific respect to this country. Um, so much that I have never spoke politics, politics until 2012. I kept it. Is that myself. when you became a citizen? That's when I became a citizen. You yeah. don't open your mouth if it's to make noise and you're not even going to vote. That's number one. Or you don't open your mouth if uh, you're already taking the resources of this place here in America and giving an opinion that actually will not matter because you can't vote. So it was right. staying inside. Of course, I preach kindness and love and I preach also. Yeah, that's hard not work, political, you know, and I also preach hard work and deserving to make a lot of money if you work really hard and if it works for you, sure. good for you. I, I preach a very balanced centrist mindset that I believe I acquired when I grew up in France where in France, we went the opposite really fast, a long time ago, and we have issues that we have today. When we live right now, my city is on these knees, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I grew up in the south of France, in Nice. I'm sure you may not have heard the news, but again, Oh, I heard you're back in lockdown as of yesterday. That is one thing. We are back in lo lockdown, and that is a different topic. I'm talking oh, about okay. violence. We have oh. people getting stabbed, decapitated. It's insane. We need to change our ways very fast. We need to understand our neighbor with a lot more thought behind it. Not just, oh, now that we have uh, an African-American president, there's no more racism. Look right. at the freaking mistake we all did. So right. I believe now that we have this president, uh, a lot more people like you and I will say, Oh, wait a minute. Systematic racism exists, disparity and hate. How about I'm going to really go see my neighbor and shake his hand and look him in the eye and say, hey, bro, we're the same. Let's go. Let's go right. together. Yeah. All of us as one. And that is the only way you can turn and 
and push away either tyranny, autocracy of all these things that actually are being put in place to a, to a place that is not going to be any possibility of return. Right. We're far gone. We're far gone. And hope is all that we have left. And that uh, the reason why Obama became president, because that was his slogan. A slogan right. for hope a political um, um, desire of having a career is crucial. Mm -hmm. Um. You grew up, even though you're French, you are ethnically Italian and Greek. Yeah. So you really have a multicultural family. Did you grow up in an area that had a lot of different ethnicities mixed in? Wow. It's a very, very deep and good question, Billy. Thank you. My mm -hmm. mom, my mom's size Galicis, Greek. So mm -hmm. La Greca, she walks down the street and my mom, people will say, oh, yeah, that's a Greek woman. Very striking, gypsy-like brunette mm -hmm. with, you can tell, oh, my God, let's not steal anything from her. She would punch you. <laughs> she can't move. Uh, she did it many times. <laughs> and um, so she. Oh, you're back. Hold on. Oh, wait, now I'm not hearing you talk. Can you hear me? I can. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, um strong woman and then also on the other hand uh my father marini that's uh all the italian side are from italy um where enough, in italy uh um uh Firenze, like um, mm -hmm. uh, like more like northern part of italy okay and um and that's that's really what, what was my background i was I, but i grew up in a neighborhood that was for him in, um muslim wow because yeah, it was, it was, you know, a, a lot of uh, influence from Algeria, Morocco, Tunisia, came post-Algerian war, uh, post-60s, 70s, 80s was a big influx there. So I, I ended up growing up with way more different culture than we might think. Um, it was a bit different because it's not like um, here, for example, the, uh, in Los Angeles, in California, the, uh, the immigration that is coming have also the same, and back in the days was a bit more important, the same religion uh, mindset. And mm -hmm. so it's it's kind of maybe easier for people to accept others. Um, having a massive influence of a different culture and religion at the same time coming by mass uh, was difficult. And I think the mistake that the French government made was to park all this culture into so-called ghettos projects right so that just like uh lit fire on on the gasoline you know so we have a lot of issue with with um with cultural clash and violence and this is what you see every day i'm not blaming either side i'm just blaming the fact that the reality 20 the reality is setting off in our face and we realize we bleed the same way but yet we can handle each other to me that's insane we need to move forward very fast mm -hmm. Uh, just for our kids and our future generation. Yeah, it. I, I'm going to, it's, uh, people who watch the show know, but um, my family, we are Albanian, both mm -hmm. parents. Wow. And um, and I also, <laughs> yes. And uh, so even more Greek than Greek. And, um, and I spent a lot of summers in Italy. So I travel a lot. I've also been to Nice. And what I thought about Nice was that I saw a little bit of everything. And of course, I'm in the tourist areas where everyone is getting along. Yeah. But I also met people who said it is not as pleasant if you live here. 
Well, so it can be hard. Probably the second or third, if I'm not mistaken. You know, I love numbers. I love politics. <laughs> I think it's one of the second or third, uh, uh, you know, so-called like violent city in France. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, it's uh, it's the same regiment. They put a beautiful facade, and just right, right. behind, five minutes further, there's I don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people parked in high-rise building. Um, surviving because of government help and just being angry, angry, right. angry, angry, angry. This is what I like about America. When it comes down to social aids, it's mainly through things you can get for the first necessity. And and like the what's happening now because of COVID is of, of course greater and we see more social help than ever in America. But what I love sure. about it is like, if you start giving people just enough money to survive, but money, money, uh, it's easy to lose the incentive of saying like, well, they give me about two or $300 less than if I was working eight hours a day. Let's do under table, uh, like, uh, uh, under, under the, under the table kind of little job and just live on the, on, on the, um, on the concept of like, give you stuff and sure. it's okay to live in project. And, and that social world really did not help France. And now that it's so deep into it, the French pe people are very revolutionary. They would not try mm -hmm. to back down from this, where you need to back down from it. You need to give people help, but never in the form of money, because most people, unfortunately, we not use it for the right things. And we mm -hmm. need to have kids going to school, not you know flanking. You need to have uh, kids from those places being educated, having the right things at home, and nowadays has to become included a computer and blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that need to be changed in France. And here there's a lot of things that need to be also changed. And we can always be better. And in right. Normandy, not need, no need to fight, just in Normandy. Was one of the reasons that you left France, and I know it was after your father died, was it for the opportunity of America? Was it for your career? What was the reason that brought you here? Um, I felt, and I'm going to be like, maybe, maybe there's one French person listening and maybe he would <laughs> not, or she would not be agreeing with me. But in 1997, I felt I was in a dead end that if I wanted to become successful by any mean, I didn't, I wasn't born under the right star. Um, I, I wasn't born, uh, um, uh, with being able to have the opportunity that, you know, someone else would have France is very secluded specifically when it comes down to my industry. Yes. Right. It's been 22 years. I'm here. My, the industry in Europe has changed dramatically, and I'm very happy about it. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they're really doing an incredible job. But back in the days, you're not part of those 10 actors, and you come from the South, and you look like this. Uh, no. It would be a very <laughs> difficult. So imagine, I could not see the opportunity. So I've left my country because of the political landscape and the abilities of me, of, 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 for myself to understand that it actually might be easier to move away from across the world, learning a complete new different language, learning their craft, working really hard and becoming someone that succeeds. From scratch. From scratch. So imagine really mentally how affecting this is for me. I had to expatriate myself and being from zero. By the way, it was $470. That's what I came with. 
and unbelievable and doing, and doing what i did and not speaking the language not at all which people I have mean, to realize I have a piece of paper yeah like all right a little <laughs> my uh my one of my closest friends phil gladzer he said when i met you uh you gave me a piece of paper saying hi my name is jim marini i am from france sorry i don't speak english please put your finger in the menu because i was a waiter mm. wow so he kept that paper and we became the closest friend in the world. I, uh, I think uh, this is a reminder that nothing is impossible in America. And we need to keep that alive. Right now, we feel like, should we move out? The, a lot of people are looking at... Of course. And I, I don't say that, of course. But a lot of people are saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Canada now. I live there now. Oh, a lot mm -hmm. of my friends will say, oh, I live now in Toronto. I live now in Vancouver. Oh, I moved back to Europe to shoot this. And... I'm like, oh, I live in Australia for three years. I'm shooting this show over there. Like a lot of people expatriate themselves somewhere else because they feel not at ease. Mm -hmm. You know, it's important. I have never voted, Billy, in my entire life for myself. Not one time. Measures mm -hmm. are something you need to think. But whenever it comes down to um, big pointers, I always voted for what can be better for others that don't have what I do have. Right. And before I was also thinking the same way. You are always going to be having some people that need more that you need. And if we do a little bit more case by case, and I know it's expensive. Yeah. We will have way less problem. You cannot put everyone in the same bag. It's a huge mistake. Um, I think you're right. And I think that people who come to the United States from another country appreciate the opportunities that we have more than we do because we grew up with it. We take things for granted. Normal. But the fact that you came, you lived in Miami, you had three jobs at one point, yeah. a wife, a child, and wanted to be and wanted to not be a waiter, wanted to actually have a career as a model or an actor. That's very hard. I can't even fathom it. Uh, I think what's more um, valuable in life than, than anything is courage. There's a moment in your life, and of course, I will definitely uh, recommend to young people to go crazy when it comes down to aim, aim for the stars, not the moon. You're 22 years old. Aim for the stars. The worst that can happen on the way down, you grab the moon. Then there right. you are, there are. I think it's important to take incredible amount of risks when you're young, and and let be courageous, because mm -hmm. you can't live with regrets. I feel regrets lately because I think I should have done things also more aggressively and different. It was mm. not in my nature. But um, I feel like, yeah, I, I missed quite a bit of opportunities because I sat on my tiny little throne and felt mm -hmm. like all was good. And, yeah. and then those things like COVID, like um, a 2019 March incident that happened in our family and things that can derail very fast. And if mm -hmm. you didn't protect yourself to be um, completely smart, you have to start again from scratch. So... I recommend everybody, when you're young, be courageous. This is the moment of your life that you can be. Did you think to yourself at any point in Miami, 
let's just go back to France. I'll work in the bakery and it's not worth the struggle. It's funny. Uh, first of all, like we said at the beginning of the interview, I left because of a social uh, and political landscape that was not to my liking. Mm -hmm. So versus screaming and changing nothing, I, I go and I see different adventure, different horizons, and then somehow it worked. So imagine the amount of thousands or hundreds of thousands of messages from people from Europe saying, well, how do I do this? So <laughs> great. I was maybe inspirational for a couple of people. It's great. Uh, and now, um, I 9-11 happened mm -hmm. when I was already in America. So I was forced to really not go back to America because of traveling, because of the issue, because of work. Oh. So what we live here, COVID, the people that were working back in the days from different mm -hmm. countries in America were in a place of like wandering and say, is America uh, uh, in trouble? Where, yeah. hey, somehow in 20, 2001, everybody get together. What's wrong right. with so um, I had to be, in a way, forced of staying to France. So I worked for about a year in 2001 in Milano, working for Giorgio Armani. So okay. I was working with one of the best in the world, and I saw a lot of extremely successful pe people acting the way they act because and, and deserving what they have because of their work ethic and they, and they're smart and, and, and they, they are the one percenters. So I was baited around those people. So I looked and I learned a lot about business and, and, and different ways, uh, how to work around the world, internationally speaking. And then in 2002, um, I decided to go back and stay for good, never move again. Wow. And, and there you go. So I didn't really move back to France from 99 to 2001. It was more because of 9-11. So I took a, a year break, I believe, to America. But beside that, it's been 20, 23 years now, 22 years that I'm here. Um, I don't see myself being anywhere else in the world right now. Beside maybe later on uh, a small little village, I mean, mm -hmm. of the wineries and olive <laughs> trees and, and crickets. And yeah. South of France, maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think, again, people don't realize that you know, they look at you and they can think, oh, he's so beautiful, he's so articulate, he's so lovely, that all the doors would open up for you. It didn't happen like that for you. It was very difficult and a lot of luck involved. Yeah, you know, I know you you, uh, you activate your luck. I understand the concept of that, specifically in my industry. You have to, there's always going to be a, a, a moment of luck uh, for me to get uh, sex in a city. Uh, they cast thousands of people and I feel my phone back in the days vibrating while driving a motorcycle. And I'm like, I should, I should stop and listen of who's calling me Right. where now my phone can vibrate. I would wait to get home. <laughs> and so because of that, I need to, uh, the struggling and, 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 uh, you know, and trying, uh, you know, the hustling, I picked up that phone. I looked at it and my manager said, Oh my God. Uh, I don't know where you're at, but until like 12 o'clock, whatever, there's an audition for Sex and the City. And I thought, mm, the show is over, right? And it's not a noise for the movie. And I went directly with my little scooter uh, to, um, to, to this audition. And the rest is kind of history. So it's, that's the luck. I could have not looked at the phone. But yeah. And I think what people have to know is that you could have done this and you could have 
been in this role and it could have ended there and we could have never heard from you again. But again, because of your, I don't know if it's your ambition or your drive or your ability to see the opportunity and take it, it really began a big career. I think it's it's a, a little bit of all of it. Um, in that situation, um, it fit me really well, the role, because it was very, very small, but mm -hmm. very, very impactful, like a cameo of a different world. Of course, you don't see men naked ever in movies. Never. It was objectifying women, but not men. So because this movie was made uh, mainly for women, or, 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 or some men, of course, um, they pushed the envelope on looking at a man as a woman at this moment. And I was simply playing Kim Cattrall a couple of years prior. I was right. just the alter ego and then the other person, right? So she was looking at me, acting up, reminding herself, this is who I was and this is who I want to be again. So I need to mirror who she was. So I had to be very much objectified and, and, and full of love. I think why I got the job is because I never was... Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the woman grabbing her being a macho i was always full of love doing it even if this man was very much a libertine someone that would have mm -hmm. sex with anything that moves but with love with passion with desire versus like bestiality and let's let's have sex with a woman right i gave a, a, a um, whatever uh, what i was educated in europe toward woman or toward what what's love is so that that's why it was the difference in the casting. I captured there the moment because I was just different, and so I think that serves me well. But in general, I think it, it's it's really all about seizing the moment, understanding that um, you're doing something that makes people happy, and that to me I cannot live without it. I don't care about being famous or known. I just care about having someone sending me a message in the social media world saying you made me feel. I learned mm. sign language because of you, like it happened sometimes because of different shows that I did. But to me, it's important to make people feel I can't live without this. And once you did it, you got all this attention. What did you think was the next step in terms of capitalizing on this opportunity? We call this in our business squeezing the lemon. So, <laughs> Uh, I had a, um, a PR back in the days that I was working with, Jana Davidoff, and she literally put me all over the place. I I was still, yes, I spoke English then, but I was still like so, whoa, you know, it was insane. Out of nowhere, you, you, you end up in places where your entire life you're desiring to do it, but not in a couple of years, in one night. Yeah. One night. So... Uh, one flight to New York City changed everything for me where I started, I did the view, I did this and this and that. Mm -hmm. So it was, um, it was everywhere. I, I realized I can't really go in the street the same way anymore. Um, I definitely need to now pay attention to what I'm saying because I have a responsibility to bring sure. the world together and not against each other. And that is the power actors have. And we need to understand that this power need to use to be used for the, for good at all time. Even if you think someone is devastating and horrible, mm -hmm. you can't fight fire with fire all the time. You need to be the one stepping back and say, wait a minute, let's sit down and talk. We're missing this in this world.
It was not your first movie. You had done some acting before Sex in the City, right? Very little. Very, very little. You know, I was, um, yeah, a little bit of things here and there. I, I had a goal. I have never said it's a dream. I had a goal of, of becoming an entertainer because mm -hmm. I always felt it's who I am. Um, as much as people were making fun of me where I grew up, um, always thinking this man is on a different planet, maybe he needs medicine, you know? Uh, <laughs> I could, you know, from being called mythomaniac to um, everything under the sun. Of course, imagine when I did Dancing with the Stars. Yeah, and I guess we should even bring that up, that all of a sudden, you know, you have somebody who has a tiny role in a movie and then is on one of the biggest shows in the country. Yeah. I with with the time. best, with this, the best the, the, rating pro. were, the ratings were uncomparable to anything they ever had. I'm very uh, proud of that. Um, very proud of having brought to finally to the American household some some glimpse of what a real Frenchman is about. Also, um, the love that I had for this country, the desire of entertaining, the 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 absolutely no cheat whatsoever. That means mm -hmm. I have never performed before. I was like most 99% of all American watching the show. So I felt that was working on my favor versus like uh, if I was a French professional gymnast, uh, I go to this Dancing with the Stars, uh, finger in the nose, I got to rehearse two hours, I'm going. Right. No, no, I was like everybody else watching. I was struggling hours and then and breaking stuff, having to have surgery. Yeah. My only goal was to make people freak out about the possibility that they can have. That was my only goal, and it always will stay my only goal. But it also did bring you into everybody's house every yeah. week. And women, gay men, mm -hmm. fell in love with you. Men wanted to admire you and be more like you. So I think it was... I was not in terms of making you part my, of our culture. My strength, Billy, was the fact that for a straight man, I'm not threatened. Right. I'm not threatened. I'm exactly. a very dude, and I tell the world that it's all good. And I'm not like, uh huh, you know, your woman will be mine. You know, the, 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 this je ne sais quoi that, pre, that, that some of us bring could be threatened to, uh, to men. Uh, I, I never had that. So that was on my favor, of course. Um, I, I feel. I feel that that uh, that was the most important thing to do back in the day. But I have to say quickly something, Billy. Yeah, of course. Without the gay community, my career would not exist. That's all I have. You've to say. said this so many times, and Michael Patrick King played a big role in your life, and photographers you've worked with over the years, and the fans—they're very loyal it's, to it's, you. It's um, it's a very um, it's a community that is being. <laughs> so battered for the last thousands of years. Let's not talk about the last five minutes. Yeah, right. Where we have, um, you know, I think the last, let's say, 10 years, I, I, I finally something very beautiful coming out of it where other than gay, uh, gays, the, the gay, gay community, uh, everyone comes together and say, yeah, love is love. Last time I checked last week, I think even the Pope said it. Yeah, when amazing. We, we bring to a non-religious aspect of the game, a political aspect of the game, someone who wants to regress toward that direction, yet the one who talks 
to God directly, mm-hmm. then it's all okay. I believe this is revolutionary and at the same time extremely sad that we still have anyone saying that love has to be measured with sex. Um, what is that about? I don't care what you love. I there's, there's very and much more important topic than trying to muffle the community forever. We are at war. There's a lot of important things. We need to focus on it. There's very tiny education. They, we need real and talk about real problems. Not because two men or two women wants to marry. That should not shock or hurt anyone. It should or be affect them. two wishes on. Let's right. be respectful to any human being. Let's move on. Who makes money? Why is it that we have to be so entrenched into having like, you know, the horses in the race like this? Mm-hmm. They yep. can't see there. No, we are humans. We have a brain. We can move forward and be happy all together. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But again, there is also the gay community has really embraced in terms of your career. Mm-hmm. They knew you were straight. We we know your wife. We know you have children, and yet you're so lovely. I don't know what the word would be. Maybe just sort of accepting. It's not a problem, and maybe oh, yeah. it's European because I spend a lot of time in Europe as well, and a lot of European people who live in metropolitan areas are like this. There, it doesn't matter to them. Yeah, I believe even in rural places, you. If you hold the hand of, of, of your husband or your boyfriend or or like a, 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 a lesbian couple with all hands, they will be the older guy going, but that would mm-hmm. be it. No no stone cast at you or let's create a law. What the fudge? I mean, yeah. oh my God, can we please live simple? God, we have a, a, a space force creating right now. Can we just be like one human? One human, right. all good, bleeding the same way. Uh, it's it's sad, but we are going to um, a better a better time in our life. I believe. Looking at my daughter's uh, generation, none of this uh, BS that's happening right now, Billy, will exist. It will be in history books. Say, oh my God, we used to be animals. And <laughs> that's that's really about that because they're learning faster. They are uh, more um, uh, in tune with with uh, one human. They understand that it takes work and it takes dedication, but they also understand that to wish his own. As, as mm-hmm. long as you, you don't come to knock at the door and say, be that person, uh, we are good. You know, if someone has a problem with, uh, um, having, uh, with homosexuality, you, you can still have a problem with it. I don't care. Don't mm-hmm. go in the street starting to shoot at them in the club because I kill you. I kill you yeah. first. Well, you said something so you said something so interesting, which I didn't know till I was reading about you, is that you have been in situations that we don't hear about very often of a male performer being objectified by powerful people in the industry and being being around predator people. Yeah. And you've handled it very directly, which I like. You know, um, I'm going to ask you, it happened to you. It happened when, to everyone. When I was when I was younger, yes. It, it, I, it happened yeah. to everyone. Right. The only thing that I was trying to come across with this, and let's read my lips. Yeah. It doesn't matter if he comes from anyone. Like I say again, I have nothing against anyone. Right. Uh, if someone acts 
really wrong because they understand they have any type of power Mm -hmm. and they would use this for their own uh, uh, good. Um, It's horrible. I don't care if you're straight or gay. Right. I don't care if you're the president or a dishwasher. Right. If you or a man or a woman. Um, oh, oh, man or a woman. Uh, do you understand that? Uh, oh, my goodness. Uh, straight couple around the world are systematically one of the number one most violent uh, topic in every fait uh, divers. We call it or murder case and whatnot. Of course. It was so we want to stop heterosexual to be together because there's too much violence between the man and woman. No, this is insanity. Let's talk about just human. I was saying that no matter who you are, it is no bueno, like the other guy you say. (laughs) Now, it is a stigma that Mm -hmm. is definitely stronger for young men to come out and say, I was abused. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you that. Right. And if a woman comes to me and say, oh, that's not true, may, maybe, you know? But from my own experience with the hundreds of people that I encounter being abused, a man will shut up because right. he will take away his manhood. A woman will, that has the courage to come forward, I give her all the praise in the world. But right. I promise you, look at you just join, join me. Hello. I promise you that the stigma that 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 young men have in this industry of oh. other industry around the world is massive, and the PTSD that comes from it is no lesser than what a woman would feel. Uh, it's just very difficult for us to talk about it. I always yeah. was, you know, sixteen year old going to take pictures, not understanding that this person could be a predator. You know, it's very easy to get in the situation and say. Do you want to be a model? Um, yeah. yeah. How badly do you want to be? Wow. So of course, <laughs> this is going to come across. And it's who you are and how you were raised that's going to give you this courage of saying, I cannot sit or do this because it will change my entire life. And a lot of people feel scared at that moment. And they, they will not say anything. Right. And they would go with the flow. And by the way, don't get the job at the end of the day, of course. That's just everybody knows that now. It's just very difficult for a young person, and specifically a young man, to say, hey, I was abused or this is not right. It's just different for men because we are the macho guy, the strong people. How could it happen to you? You know, I got to say, you know, many times you are um, uh, grabbed. Mm-hmm. Grabbed everywhere. Yeah. My wife, like you said at the beginning of the interview, is behind it going. <laughs> she sees Love everything. It. She loves. Oh, I know. She loves. Oh, this woman literally put her hand in your pocket and grabbed you. And I can't say anything because the camera is right there and 28 right. people are around. So I, I will not say a thing. And it's okay. You know what? It's, it's, it's wrong of me to say it's okay because it will not, anything, nothing will move forward. But let me say, Billy, because I said that, the backlash was so massive for me. I bet. A lot of people understood, ooh, he's against this, the, the gay, what? Right. The gay community, again, made my career. Right. How could I bash anyone? I'm not bashing anyone. I say, whoever you are, straight, right. gay, woman, men, anyone, when you abuse your power to gain any type of sexual, adva- uh, uh, sexual things, you're an asshole. 
Yeah, I also think that people see pictures of you because you are a model. You're a very good looking man. You're very fit. They look at a picture like this and they think, oh, I can do whatever I want to him. Well, that's your no. job. I don't that know is what, not uh, who you are. Behind, I think the incentive behind anybody that wants to abuse anyone sexually mm -hmm. is sickness. And it's nothing else. They need pills immediately because well, something bad will happen. I think that also when you see somebody sexual, some I don't even I shouldn't say sexual, physically attractive, you think that they are sexually loose or available, and they're not the same thing. I have That's never your had job. a problem with someone joking about sex, talking about sex, even bringing this advance that will mean what it means. I right. have never had a problem. I actually thought it was always funny. And I think we also go very far when it comes down to, you know, I, I found myself not going to an elevator with a woman alone because of like, what if? That is. Oh, <laughs> I never thought of that. That is yeah. insane because that person will not do that. 99.99% of the people will not do that. And then you end up with one idiot that wants to change her life by saying some or his life by saying something absurd and will destroy. By the way, there is no jury or judge in Hollywood. Right. If you are caught somehow by someone you never met saying mm -hmm. something about you, that person said the truth and you never work again. We have to be very careful with that. You are judged and sentenced before anyone can tell you anything. So it is also something we need to be really strong with it. When you say something that happened to you, make sure you have all the proof and you do something that is with force. Yes. But if someone says something like that and destroy the career of someone, they deserve to go to prison too. And it can be destroyed like that. Yeah. It's you so never quickly. work again. We don't ask you if it was, if it was real or not. They say, oh, this yeah. guy, that's must, that must be, doesn't he's matter. An actor. He's an actor. He's a piece of shit. He must be that person. No, that is bothering me a lot. Well, I think that, there, like you said, there is an actual court and then the court of public opinion and people yeah. believe what they hear. Yeah. I don't that's know why. That's unfortunate because uh, we've seen in 2016, we've seen in it now. It, it <laughs> you just, shouldn't believe anything. You need, you need a little army in a... Literally, if I was doing it myself, if I want to destabilize any country, I take a little army in a 20 by 40 and I make them create account every day and send BS to the world. Because That's this it. world we live in is like, oh, it's on Facebook. It must be real. Oh, the vaccine will kill you. It must be real. I mean, you hear and you see this all day long. People forgot. And actually, people are not informed where they actually need to look for their resources. Exactly. That is the one issue we have right now. Uh, somebody just asked while I'm watching, somebody asked, do you have a desire to do a play or a musical on Broadway? Is that Broadway open again? Not yet. But when it um, is open, would you like to do live theater? Oh, my God. I've done live here. I've, I've done theater here uh, at the Kirk Douglas Theater. I did a play uh, a bit ago now called This. Uh, beautiful play. I, I love I love live performance, of course, because no safety net gives you the ability yeah. of it. I am for real. Uh, when you can cut and replace and this and that, yeah, you can actually go through the net and be a not such great actor and have any success. But if you touch theater, now you become really real to me. Um, mm -hmm. As you, I had the opportunity to do it. I would love to do it again, of course. But singing is not something that I'm really good at. Um, but we know you can dance. 
I can dance, I can act, of course. Um, <laughs> I can, I can, I can hold a tune. I would love to do something. Listen, one of my most favorite uh, uh, movie when I was a kid was West, West Side Story. Mm -hmm. I know here in America is not one of them, one of those uh, uh, um, uh, show that people love. But don't forget, I'm from a different world. And for mm -hmm. us, that was, ooh, America this time. You know, it was interesting for us at all. So West Side mm -hmm. Story, an American man in Paris, also another one that I absolutely adore. Oh, sure. You yeah. know, doing something like that would be absolutely magical. I'm not saying I would play the lead guy. I'm just saying, like, being part of something like that. Oh, yeah. Will be well, be amazing. speaking of being part of something this summer, you had a movie that came out. Um, I don't know how it came out actually. Uh, waiting for Anya, how did yeah. that come out? Was, was it Apple, streaming? Apple, Apple, yeah, of course, streaming was nothing open. Actually, I went to uh, Europe to see the premiere of the film when people were walking the streets again in February. <sighs> so yeah. I saw it in the theater, and um, you know, we can be only proud about this project because we actually told the true story about something that uh, was not uh, told yet. And uh, I saw it last night. It's a it's a lovely, first off, it's beautifully shot. Really Where did you shoot it? It really gears for kids to understand what happened. Where did you shoot this film? Exactly where it happened. In oh, wow. Exactly sent home where they were hiding the people. I mean, it was like to die for. Okay, it takes place um, the during the war. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to save children from the Nazis, Jewish children from the Nazis. And I'm going to show a scene where your character tries to convince somebody to help them. So let's just take a look at this. You're mad. Disguised children as shepherds? Absolutely not. Madame, there must be 500 sheep in the village. It's chaos when we move to our pastures. Who will notice a few more children shepherding them? And once you get to the hut, you're that close to Spain, you could spit into it. Everyone knows only the men drive the sheep. Not the Bosch. They've been here two years and couldn't tell the first thing about shepherding. What if somebody talks? You're involving the entire village. It only takes one person to panic. It's a possibility. No, these are children's lives we are talking about. It's not a possibility. The answer is no. With the great Angelica Houston. Angelica yeah, Houston. Um, wow. It, it's funny because my absolute superhero acting-wise when I was a kid is Jean Reno. And in this film, he's playing my father. So imagine Star Trek 24-7 was very difficult. Angelica Houston, oh, of yeah. course, she's legendary. So to me, having just those two people by me was <gasps> what's happening in my life. Um, I lost 35 pounds for this role. I you were too, yeah, you were very skinny. Well, your fun. your character had been taken away, had been captured in their own in prison. Yeah, but where was he? You're on the run, before, I forget. There was a treaty with Vichy that mm -hmm. do not kill the French soldiers that are fighting, don't kill all of them because they were just part of the army. When when the when the German came and took France in three days, they took us the the, the prisoner and they make us work in camp until you die. So mm -hmm. that was the loophole. Don't kill them, make them work to death. So in 44, there was a time where uh, don't kill them if they get injured, just send them back to their village because they're worthless. So this man comes back with a lot of PTSD of knowing that he injured his own hand purposely right. to be freed. And when he gets to the village, he realized that now the German and are friends with his family. His family. So of course he's massively 
touched by it. So he's, of course, deep in alcohol, he's alcoholic, and he's violent until he realized that his son does not really help them, but the German, but he actually started. Oh, that scene, this, that scene when you yell at the son because you think he's a collaborator is yeah. so touching. But I want to show the scene when you come back to the house. And I want to ask you, being a father now, yeah. if that informed this. So let's look at the scene. Though. Yeah. There's someone here to see you, Joe. <laughs> Papa! At least you recognize me, yeah? Can't blame Christine. She was only two when we left us. Let me look at you. You have gone so much. Can you imagine missing that much of your son's life and then coming back? Yeah, man, this, I can't. I live with my kid every day of my life. Is, this is my first most important job. I have to be a balanced human to bring to this society two good human beings that will be proactive and fair and honest and hard workers. I, can't, I cannot imagine this. If we are forced tomorrow to take arms and go to places and fight and not see them for years, um, those men were men. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's a really good film, and I want to tell people that they should see it. It's, uh, it's a Waiting for Anya, and it is um, on a lot of streaming services. It's yeah, on no, Apple TV. No, it's it's a few places. It's exciting. But I found it. So if I could find it, anyone can find it. Um, did you have other projects in the works when all this happened? Yeah, I did. Um, uh, I did a, a, a nicely independent movie that probably uh, um, would come out soon, Venus. And then um, I shot a film, a Christmas movie, very different genre for sure. Playing an Italian chef, so you're not al dente. Yes, you don't hear that accent. I just like, what's going on? It's gonna be Pali italiano perché il tuo padre italiano parla. Okay, it's very, it's very funny. It's it's also something that will uplift the people. It's perfect timing. It's on November 20th on Lifetime, and um, very exciting to to see what he does. Uh, Annie uh, uh, was the lead in the film and with myself and uh, I think we did a really cool little job of clashing different culture together, trying to make things happen and bring the Christmas magic lifetime November 20th, I think at eight o'clock. Cool. And what I love also is you do a lot of comedy and I think you really, I don't, again, I think people don't realize how hard comedy is. Oh, yeah. You're especially if English is not your first language, Yeah. but you have such good timing. The, the two episodes you did of hot in Cleveland were so funny. Thank you. I loved those. Those were my, I mean, I loved you and two broke girls and everything else. And brothers and sisters, but I just, you have a twinkle in your eye that's very mischievous. Yeah, well, the truth is a bit of a cheat. Let's, let me be honest here. Okay, please. Uh, let me give you an example. Okay. If I tell you, let's focus. <laughs> it sounds funny. Yeah. I'm asking you to focus. 
Yes. But if I say with a French accent, let's fuck us. Yes. So I used and executive writers and, and, and people, they used my dialect to make things very funny. Mm -hmm. in and it's brilliant. Michael Patrick King is the king of it. Let's be honest. He's so when brilliant. I was on when I was on uh, to, uh, on the uh, Harding Two Chain, and of oh yes, you 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 with giants of comedy. Yeah. So and you did scenes with all of them, which I loved. It's so amazing. Uh, I really love comedy. I really think that uh, I hope I go back to it. You know what? One of my goals when it comes down to another show, I I've been writing quite a bit. I've been creating shows. Oh really? Yeah, I mean, nothing sold yet because of these quarantine things. And of course, and of course, you need a track record. And it's a bit difficult, of course. Um, again, this, oh, it's cute. You can't create. It's real. <laughs> so um, so we created quite a bit of things. We, we, we're hoping a lot of, uh, we were hoping for a Netflix door that opens right now because we have, we have some stuff that are making people laugh on the, like cry on the floor. Um, Good. So I'm very excited about it. I just need to have the opportunity. And now it's all a Zoom world. So it's a bit more complicated, of course. But um, I feel like going back to comedy would be a, would be a goal of mine. Uh, a nice little uh, uh, five years run on a show like Modern Family uh, that is now yeah. done. But, you know, this new version of things, using the minorities, the different culture, everything together, not only a certain type of minorities, a world of people that are different because... Um, no matter what you are, if you're from here and grew up here and lived here, you're going to breathe and be here. But if you bring people from all over the planet, that's where you're going to bring everybody together. Well, you're also a seeing a real representation yeah. of a multicultural community. What, what's, what's happening right now is, mm -hmm. of course, Hollywood has to be mea culpa. We are so sorry. Everybody is like a superhero white. So what they do not understand is by doing this very one-dimensional, we need to feed this. They forgot it of every other minority that it's are just as bad, right? All their job they used to have, because those are the job of different culture and minority, are just gone from script. Gone. We have to do, oh my God, we gotta do this. It becomes systematic also. So we're reversing a machine that should not be in touch as much as that. They should pay attention. Of what they're removing from because the white man job from america will not disappear what will disappear is the cultural minorities that are sometimes also white and not so clearly a minority we are we need to be represented and we've been put out i'm loving the fact that we have platforms because they have less problem and they can show shows from all over the planet and I don't want to expatriate myself to France to have a subtitle show in America. I want to keep right. here and working and, and create and entertain the people from America. I'm having this COVID-19 fever because <laughs> everything piled up on people like me. And yeah. we don't have all of a us. voice. Oh, I think, I think that it's been horrible. But in a way, I think it inspires us to do something, even work harder to get through it. I hope. Oh, the hustle is headache to the different world trying everything for different for different angles that i never thought i would um listen man during this pandemic I, I didn't have i didn't work a day it's been the entire year of not a, not not one gig uh from some of my friends they're lucky to be canadian so they left a bit ago mm -hmm. some of uh, others you know they have more success so they booked things and but I, most of my 
bodies in my situation, um, they already give up on their career because they lost it all. I'm not going to no. say that I, I didn't lose it all yet, but it's, it, ha it lasts another year. Yeah. yeah. More is going out and nothing is coming in. So we're all in this boat. It's horrible. You know, you know, it's it's interesting to go like, oh, thanks for the 200 bucks for working uh, two days with you, uh, uh, cleaning up uh, a, an addition that you're building. It's also right. a big wake up call. I love the fact that to me, with this 12 years of success, a huge slap in my face. As much that as that, it I can thought, be over so quickly. Yeah, it would be over. But and it's I, fragile. I realized one thing in 2020 during this pandemic mm -hmm. um, we are not essential. Entertainers are not essential. Everybody can live without us. Yet the nurse, the doctors, the people that are cleaning up around the, the city, and those are essential people. So it's a huge right. wake-up call for a lot of people that thought their shit don't stink. So <laughs> I'm I, I love that. I know I'm paying greatly the price, and I right. think karma will be my friend eventually because I think and I know in my heart that I have never done anything wrong to anyone. So um, if you're a proactive member of society and you do the things that you need to do and you love everyone the same way, eventually karma will show up. I know it's very difficult and I have a lot of anxiety about when things are going to come back. Um, and, you know, maybe it's today with you, Billy. Boom, we talk about it. Who knows? Face. Every day. Um, let me ask you, you know, you, we, we talked about looks opening the door and being attractive helps as you get older being looking like this becomes very difficult i look exactly like that right now oh shut up <laughs> <laughs> all right but it's hard. I 35 pounds that's no i saw that picture that i said god he's so skinny there so i know do you know what happened to this picture i just what? got hit by an avalanche well, story. you look, I'm, I'm wondering why you're shirtless in the middle of snow. Because actually. we are, I don't know, 7,000 feet up in the air. And yeah. it's uh, super cold, but yet in the sun is super warm. Yeah. We wanted, I, my friend and I wanted, to, we decided to merge into a, my character into a place that is no tomorrow. The same path that those shepherds took during waiting for Anya mm -hmm. to Spain. I wanted to take it, except they did it in June 15 because that's the day of the, the transhumance, we call it. But I did it in April. So the first son created avalanche. I have them on video holding trees, oh, hoping God. everything is going to be good. And then we have to turn. But I ended up, I never posted that video yet, but I ended up in Spain. I walked seven hours, I think like that. I oh, ended so up when your character says that it's so close, it's that close. It's walking distance, like up Amazing. here like this with bears and I don't know what else. I um, I had th something following me for hours. So I was singing with stress alone with no weapon whatsoever, singing, I've got a feeling, somebody watching me. <laughs> and I was singing that because if somebody found my phone and I'd been eaten by something, at least they would see that I, had, I did it with a laugh. But um, <laughs> I ended up uh, seeing what it was. It was kind of a deer from the, from the country and there was hundreds of them. And I saw them circling me into this vast area of nothingness. And I went mm -hmm. to touch Spain. And I was proud to do this because at least I would never feel what those people felt. But at no. least I can feel where they were, the smell, the altitude, the difficulties. I wanted to immerse myself in that. And that it was children. I mean, that's what's extraordinary about it. But but let's talk about staying fit as you get older. Because for somebody who 
was first known for his looks. That has to be hard. Yeah, you got everybody is assuming like you got to look a certain way and for the rest of your life. I will try my best to do this, not to do it for that reason. <laughs> I'm going to try to do that for myself because I believe the more active you are, the less problem you can have later on. And maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Uh, only time will tell. But uh, I'm always, uh, I'm always kind of working out. And what really saved my life was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I recommend that to everyone. Really? Absolutely. Uh, it's physical. It's a sport that you need to have thoughts running 24, the entire time you, you, are, you are fighting or rolling or practicing or whatever it is. Because it's, uh, it's called a gentle art, but it's the most effective martial art on planet Earth. There's nothing that can be compared to Jiu-Jitsu. Because uh, they tried in 1993, and it was, and it is always the supreme uh, martial art. So I feel that's important for me to do it. I I, I finally got uh, my black belt degree, black belt degree after I think 12 years. It is wow. not it is not karate. It is not taekwondo. It is not two years and you get a black belt. It's a lifelong. I believe I finally start jujitsu after 12 years. It's a new chapter of my life. So I would never stop jujitsu until the day I cannot walk anymore. And it's possible to do it. A friend of mine did it with one leg and I had a hard time. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I was, a, um, I was a white belt back in the days, but it was already a purple belt. And he was <laughs> getting me left and right with only one leg. So it is important for every uh, young woman, for sure, but every man and, and, and every person to actually know the basics of it is very important. Uh, somebody just wrote in, any reflections about your time on Devious Maids? I love that show. Too bad it ended on a cliffhanger. Oh, well, most show, oh, for, oh, for, thank you for the question. Uh, uh, I think most show ends up on, unfortunately, Fanger, uh, beside big, massive hit, what you know is coming to an end. Mm -hmm. But uh, that, that is the nature of the beast. The cliffhanger, sometimes they have no choice. I think uh, uh, Devious Maid was so much, too, so fun, so fun to shoot. Love the fact that I was the bad guy. Uh, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, we lost uh, uh, the actress that, unfortunately, in the show, I kill. I mean, it's... <laughs> um, I, um, I, I love working with Mark Cherry. Mark Cherry is one of those super awesome human beings in, oh, in the industry. He has such joy. Oh, he, 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 I mean, I, I cannot tell you the, the conversation we have because they're very private. But he told me <laughs> many times how anecdotes and things that uh, how he did it and how he wrote it and how he became so successful this man it's is a bible of knowledge when it comes down to be a writer to be an exec producer to be a leader mark cherry is one of those guys that i always gonna admire i can't wait to work again with the man oh, uh, he's great. i can't wait i know he started production on white woman kills uh, mm -hmm. a couple of days ago i can't wait to be part of mark cherry massive show and and bringing the audience what they want i want to do a mark cherry show that is a soap that is oh. a, a, a night soap on hbo that's a mark i never told him that and hopefully okay. we listen to this one if mark cherry has the ability to write for something that is no strings attached everyone in the world will watch it and can say what he wants on k on hbo oh it would be great um uh, somebody else asked, they said, oh, you could play Billy in Chicago on Broadway. I think, I think John McDonald has a lot of faith in me. And I appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> of course, uh, I would love to. 
uh, how am I? Oh my, where do I start a rehearsal and six years rehearsal before I can even do this? Uh, thank you so much, man. I think it means a lot. It means a lot to me. That means you, you see me, um, you see me, you put me in a pedestal that is like, oh my God, I better work really hard. Thank you. I know. How, do, how is your family doing in France? Who is left in France? My mother, okay. my sister are in France. And how are they course, doing? Uh, of course, uh, you know, for me, family, is a, you, it's, a, it's, it's a big and small world. I have my mom, I have my brother, I have my sister. My brother lives here, so we're all good. Mm -hmm. My sister is in France, uh, my niece too, and my mother. Uh, but I also consider, more considered, I'm telling you, Eric Saramania is my family. He is not mm -hmm. my blood family, but I will die for this man being a father because he yeah. showed me that he also, you know, we met, we became firefighters together. So we have this bond, a specific bond in Paris. And then he became my everything in my life. Uh, if I want something, if I need to cry, if I need to vent, if I need anything, I don't go to anyone else but Eric. This year in 2020, of course, he lost his mother in January, in December. And then in February, he ends up having a massive cancer. So you talked about being fit. This is what mm -hmm. we did. Every morning we were waking up while he's in chemo, while he's losing all his weight and his life, and where we don't know if he's going to make it. And we worked out every day. We worked out so much that he ended up kicking my ass. Wow. At the hospital, doing 30 hours of straight chemo. On chemo. I have that on video, of course. <laughs> my wife thought we were absolutely crazy. And so this man kicked cancer's ass. Like, there is no tumor. If I show you the picture of this tumor, you look at me and say, this man's going to die. This mm. man had a mindset that I will never be able to have. You talk about courage. That is the definition of, he's a hero of mine. And he's my closest human being. So, um, yes, I have my family and they're in France. And I cannot wait to see them again. Uh, somebody just asked me about, they texted me directly about Teen Wolf. Did you enjoy doing Teen Wolf? Man. Well, that's honor. a real character for your culture. Abs I know this. Thank you. Yeah, oh. the, 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 la bête de Jovodan, we call it, the beast of Jovodan. Mm -hmm. uh, true story. I believe in my heart from what my study were uh, back in the days and still now kind of French people used to invade a lot of places in Africa and take their resources. I believe one of them saw an oversized, gigantic hyenas, captured okay. it, caged it, and unfortunately got released, went far away from Paris and ended up in this region and start killing everything that moves because hyena has the second most powerful jaw in the world. First one is a sea turtle. Put in perspective, a gray white shark is, is number six. So hyenas mm -hmm. can do it and inflict incredible, way more than a wolf. So now- And didn't he kill over 130 yeah, people? Yeah, of course, think? hundreds yeah. of people. And it's a true story. So right. much that the French don't like the English. The French asked the, asked the English hunters to come down. The beast was never found. And the killing stopped. I believe the hyenas died. Somehow mm. got injured or whatever the hell, a bear attack, whatever it is. So long story short, everybody talked about werewolf. Mm -hmm. And that is where my character came up. And I absolutely love playing that. The um, Jeff is the creator of the show. And he gave me such a responsibility saying, hey, dude, we did most of the budget for this uh, show on you guys about the mm -hmm. background of the beast and and right. I'm so excited. So I gave everything I got for this part and I loved it. You know, playing playing the Beast of Jovodan, Sebastian Vallée was one of the highlights of my action-y 
type of, of, of actor acting um, so far. Um, you did something really interesting, which is a few years ago, after all the success on the big screen and on series, you actually did a daytime soap opera. Yeah. For a short time. Yes. I was a lot, I was a lot away from, from, from California, working in different places, like in New York, and then shooting in Atlanta. And, mm -hmm. and I'm like, what if one time, one time, yeah. I, I do something that uh, I am sure to be home. And then my manager, coincidentally speaking, uh, called me and said, hey, there's like a, a little arc on, on the show called Days of Our Lives. Uh, and I immediately said, oh, my God, that's going to be hard. I didn't say, oh, no, I can't do this, whatever it is. I'm thinking too much of myself. Not at all. <laughs> I went to Days of Our Life and I realized, oh, God, besides comedy, this is the hardest form of, of entertainment. You have to bring to life every day an hour movie. To yeah. And you have only that day to shoot it entirely. And usually one it. take. Yeah. I mean, most of the time they gave yeah. me a couple of time, like, Oh, do it again this way or, or that's it. Technical problem or whatnot. What you give, what you, what you get. So I have a lot of respect for those actors that are grinding for years and decades. Mm. So I did a little thing for a year and a half. I believe I would never say no to do it again, of course, because I thought it was very, very good for me as an actor, as a working engine. Um, you come out of a soap, the last thing you need to think about is how am I going to learn those lines? Because oh, that, you look at it you learn. and you close. And next thing you know, when you transition from working on the soap to a film or a show, mm -hmm. you're literally like, that's it? That's it? So yes. it gives you a lot more time to emerge yourself into the character and be confident about not having to think at all about the you are the character. amount of learning lines. It's mm -hmm. like, boom. So always going to be appreciative to them. Um, let's see, maybe my character comes back as a twin brother and start like terminate a couple of those actors that, <laughs> that took their life away from Ted Long, the character that I was playing. Did you like doing Switch at Birth? Of course. Switch at Birth was revolutionary. Yeah. Lee Wise created a monster there because she had the audacity for a lot of people to say, let's talk about minority. Let's put two young little girls at the centerfold of a massive TV show that is in so many different countries with the fact that the deaf community would be the minority. I'm like, what? And they ended up having a show that only words were saying were sign language. That has never been done. That is why I say it's revolutionary. And all my praise to Lizzie Wise to be such a, an advocate to a community that was completely overshadowed by everything else. Yeah. And and uh, I should we do have to just mention brothers and sisters because that was huge for you. And to be working with actors ah. of that caliber on that scale on yeah. a major network. Enormous. You know, um, that was the last resort of major network. That was the last hurrah of the major network uh, abilities of saying, like, you, you're part of this God clan. I was out of fresh out of the boat, as we call. Yeah. Like, right after. Um, uh, Dancing with the Stars, and Ken Olin, who is the creator and in the, show, the, the 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 main person on This Is Us, gave me the opportunity to um, to be part of the show. And then Rachel Griffith, that is my queen of acting, mm. told them, "Is the dude? Don't hire him for two episodes. Hire him." And she changed my life. 
because being part of a show where everyone has either a Golden Globe, a Tony, an Oscar, an Oscar, yeah, an Amy's. The only award I had when I got there was mm -hmm. a Bravo Best <laughs> Rear of the Year, 2008. It's a I good rear against Kim Kardashian and and David Beckham. So I'm mm -hmm. having a it's a good rear, but a uh, good rear of the year, Oscar. Uh, it was very very. Scary. <laughs> <laughs> you um, sit down, Billy. You sit down uh, next to Sally Field. I and know. Kelly Flocker and and Rachel, and Rachel Griffin. Griffin. My God, Reese. Yeah. Reese is a genius of actor. Yeah. And it also is going to show either you're going to make it or you'll be gone in a day. Oh, yeah. Imagine my thoughts. If I don't come <laughs> with complete preparedness, I'm gone the next day. Goodbye. And they never make you feel that way, by the way. No one was ever mean there. Sally mm -hmm. Finn was so embracing. Sally Finn was say, uh, guide me. Huh? We did a dancing scene. He said, guide me. I don't dance much. Huh? Imagine when a, an Oscar winner, mother, full of love and passion, Tells you to help me out, you faint in your heart. Well, yeah, to go from give that, me the best advice, the best of drama, and then to do hot in Cleveland with Betty White, Jane Leaves, Wendy Malik. It's like you've done the best of the best in both sides. But I do have a one last clip before I let you go. Tell people what the first movie you did in this country was. Do you remember the name of the movie? Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a cult movie. <laughs> yes, it, well, it was. Oh, yes, it was. It was a cult movie with a horror. Screech of the Decapitated. Is it? Okay. Is yes, it? that is correct. Oh, my God. That is correct. 2005 or 2006, I get a call from a friend. So, you want to do this little movie? Oh, I'm thinking this is like a Marvel movie, right? <laughs> but next thing you know, it's this little budget that I love doing it. But the guy's like, okay, everybody's insane, but you. You have to be like, the normal dude here, the inspector Clouseau, normal dude. So you bring your own clothes. It's shot with 10 grand, probably. Very low budget. I love it. Yes. Do you have a clip of that? I, didn't know it I do, Gilles. Oh, okay. No, I so now, this is a clip of you wrestling with a robot. Now, I will tell people look at the robot's arms and you will see the person's hands inside. That is the least of the problems. Take a look at this, Gilles. Thanks for kidding me. The fact that you did it is so beautiful to me. Thank you. It's so wonderful. When and I turn, um, hey, wait, wait. Oh. When I turn, I say, oh, beauty shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, people I would have watch done 50,000 so... different things for that scene now that I know. But <laughs> hey, whatever it is, it's done. Well, you also appeared with one of our good friends, Willem, who is a very famous oh. drag queen now. And uh, one more clip from the movie, Gilles. Two, movie, two clips from this one movie. Thank and then you. we'll let you go. go. You I love the tin foil. 
song we've been trying to remember all along? Remember from the shower? Yes, yes I do. Sing it with me. I will will be done. This is insane. I am so I should have had an Oscar for this. Just because I think so. (laughs) Well, the fact that Willem was sitting there holding on to you, I but oh it's so wonderful. And I think people should know you can come out of anything, say yes to anything, because you can do this terrible movie, which is so funny, and then you can be with Oscar winners, Emmy winners, Grammy winners, and you can end up Gilles Marini. That's very sweet of you, man. It means a lot to me. <laughs> Gilles, I want to thank you for doing the show. We had so much fun. I'm glad I got to catch up with you. It was, I thought to myself, you know, I've only had people on here who I like, who I've met, and who I think really the audience will enjoy seeing. And you're so inspirational, and you have a great message for people. So I just thank you for doing it. Appreciate you, man. Billy, thank you so much for having me. This This is very sweet. Gilles, say hello to your lovely wife and the children, please, and take care, and we'll see you again soon. I'll see you soon. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Bye, Bye, Gilles. Bye-bye. Everybody, thank you for watching Billy Masters Live. Oh, he's so delightful. Um, Don't forget Tuesday, vote, vote, vote. Um, We will be here, but vote. And then Thursday from uh, whatever it is, Real Boys Wear Lipstick, uh, we will have Johnny Beauchamp, another one, another Frenchie. Um, So you won't want to miss it. Thank you for watching. And just remember, if we're here, we're live. Bye, guys. Take care.